Hey everyone, and welcome back to Shadow Self, the podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bearden, owner and mental wellness specialist at Shadow Mind Mental Wellness. And we just wanted to touch base a little bit today about change and help and how those things look very different in our lives. And you've heard us talk about change on this podcast before and how it can be very, very disruptive. And it's not pretty, and we all know that. However, what's overlooked is help often looks the same way. And it can be disruptive too. Now, if you're familiar with the show The Mentalist at all, right? You know that Patrick Jane constantly stirs up trouble under the guise of you know solving a murder. And there's an episode in the fourth season where Patrick interferes with this murder trial. And he insists that the girl is innocent. And it's already wrapping up. He bets with the prosecutor that he can get the girl, um, that the girl is innocent and that he can get her out of the charges. And he tells the defendant that too and offers to help alongside Agent Lipson of the, uh, uh, Lisbon of the FBI. And so when he gets there, he accuses the defendant. When he gets to the house of where the defendant's at, right? Um, he, she's there with her husband, uh, her sister and her best friend all show up. And Patrick Jane does what he always does and just throws a monkey wrench in everything. He accuses her of having an affair in front of her husband. And then the husband seemed to have already known about it, but kind of walked off, didn't seem that angry about it. And then went over to the best friend and the sister. They talked about those and about that affair and how the defendant's relationship was with each of them and how she perceived each of them just based on his own observations, not based off anything they told her. And it was amazingly accurate is the way that they would, um, that you would see it on there, right? You would see their faces. They just couldn't believe it. And the best friend just finally turns around and goes, I thought you were trying to help and real snarky. Um, because I mean, I couldn't blame her. I'd be real snarky too. Right. And so, uh, and without missing a beat, Jane says, we are, and I'd say we're off to a pretty solid start. And why does Jane then insist that he's helping? Because help does not always look the way you imagine it. Sometimes it disrupts. Sometimes it changes. Sometimes it looks and comes in different forms. It's the same idea for those of us who are Christians um, and practice religion as prayer, right? We understand that prayer doesn't always come in the form that we want it to, nor does it always come. Um, And so that's often one of the skeptics against spirituality and religion. Well, they didn't answer the prayer. Or, hey, look, he didn't actually do it. Someone else did it. Help doesn't look the way we want it to. Help is different. So no matter what we talk about, if it's prayer or meditation or through going to somebody else, there are different ways of getting help. And help in reality is different from the idea of the help you've created. I'm going to repeat that. Help in reality is different from the idea of help that you've created in your mind. You already have this preconceived notion of what the help that you're asking for should look like. You got to blow that up because help doesn't always come that way. Otherwise, you're going to be disappointed in those results, right? And the same could always be said of how the physical wellness affects your mental wellness and how that affects your body. And while you're getting your your body addressed, like you're going to a massage therapist or a chiropractor, yeah, you're addressing your physical wellness, but what you don't know is you're also addressing the mind. And we sit down today with Amanda Hopper, who is part owner of the Champaign-Urbana Holistic Health Center, to learn more about how the physical wellness affects the mind 
and how different physical treatments can go ahead and do the same things that we talk about doing with the Enneagram in a, in a different manner. So a more holistic way of looking at health. So without further ado, here's that interview. Hey, Amanda, thanks for joining me here today. Thanks for having me. So you're part of the Champaign-Urbana Holistic Health Center. Uh, you're part owner. You own that along with um, your partner, Nelson. Nelson Beck. It? Nelson Beck, thanks. And so you and Nelson, you guys started this business um, from your experience as a massage therapist. So can you give us a little bit of a background of what led you into massage therapy and that form of wellness? Uh, so for me, massage therapy was always more of a calling than a career goal. It's um, just kind of the fabric of who I am to try and help others achieve wellness and to have their bodies work optimally for them. And as you know, um, at, here uh, at Shadow Mind and Shadow Self, the podcast, we do talk about mental wellness a lot. And that's really what we focus on. And um, in order to have proper mental wellness, we have to have physical wellness as well, right? Um, so can you explain to us a little bit about that and how the brain and the body kind of interact and how that does affect our mental wellness when we're not physically well? Well, the brain and the body have a closer connection, I think, than the brain and the consciousness do sometimes. Uh, in my work, you know, I say the body doesn't lie, but people sometimes do. Um, and when our bodies aren't feeling the best, you know, it takes a toll on us. It, to it takes a toll on us physically, mentally, and emotionally, and it affects those around us. So it's really important to get our bodies, you know, working the best way that they can. Some people's bodies naturally work less well than others, and we try and get those people to work better than what they came to us as. Um, and it's, it's not just massage. Uh, you know, I also do reflexology and uh, different modalities of massage. Um, and, you know, nutrition and all that stuff goes into whole body wellness. Um, now, uh, a little bit about um, the reflexology. You mentioned that you you're familiar with reflexology, and from what yes. I understand, I'm not I'm not super familiar with it. But from what I understand, there are certain triggers or pressure points in the foot that affect different areas of the body. And so, um, is it possible, or is it even um, likely, from your experience, that part of what that reflexology can lift and change and enhance moods and attitudes and um can it can it help them see a different perspective um by changing the way they look at life does that make sense am i asking that to you correctly yes well uh you know when we feel better we look at the world differently um when we feel rotten we don't always have the kindest perspective on others and the world around us um so 
yes, there are uh, reflex points that correspond with uh, like things like the brain, the pineal gland, the uh, thymus gland, uh, and all those things. Uh, like uh, people might be interested that the end of your thumbs is actually the brain reflex. And if you go like this, you're stimulating your brain. Um, really? Yeah. So, how did, so, so can you explain a little bit of how that kind of works to us? So there's reflex points in your hands and feet that correspond to every gland, organ, um, and system in your body. And uh, using pressure on those reflex points helps to balance out um, those glands, organs, and systems in the body. So what is it about the reflex points that triggers that, that change? Um, well, without, without losing, our, without losing our, our listeners in too much of a technical details, you have a high level kind of what, why, why that, why that makes sense. So there's this doctor who decided to biopsy the feet, um, corresponding to reflexes. Um, and he gave them basically an injury uh, by injecting saline solution into their bodies, say in their shoulder. And then he would biopsy the foot in that corresponding reflex. And he found that it's actually nerves that we are helping to break apart because there's no more nerve bundles in your feet along those corresponding reflexes when there's an injury or there's an imbalance there. So that's the short version. Oh, so um, in, that, in, in that vein, knowing that there's these little nerves and that nerves are part of the, obviously the nervous system that lead through nervous the neural system. pathways. So uh, reflexology is a nervous system uh, modality. You're working with the nervous system to achieve a healthier, uh, body all around so knowing that and knowing that we are working with the nervous system that's kind of exciting um as far as people so we talk about the enneagram a lot here on this and you and i've discussed it um i think you're a four you're not sure and that's okay um we'll we'll go through it at some point uh together but when when we talk about um different core fears, core motivations of different of the types, anxiety comes up a lot, and especially for the head types. Um, six, five, six, and sevens, and six in particular are, are big in anxiety. Like they, they live in the what if scenarios. So in reflexology, is there a way to calm that running mind for, for like one of those numbers? Yes, so um, I'll, I could show you the stuff on the feet and most reflexologists do just work on the feet. But since my hands are right here, um, <laughs> I can show you up here, just under these is your diaphragm mm -hmm. point and that helps uh, alleviate stress. It helps you breathe a little better. The diaphragm uh, reflex is, is good for relaxation. I can and, wave. And so, 
yeah, and you can wave, sure. Uh, <laughs> it, it does kind of come with, like, um, I, and I just show people like this because it's, it goes across the whole diaphragm reflex and it's it's a thing you can kind of do to yourself kind of secretly like, oh, I'm stressed, so I can. So is it, do you think that's why people, when they get stressed out, oftentimes will clasp their hands together like this and get real like tight? Is I, that... I think there's a, a lot of uh, interesting correspondence to what we do naturally when we're feeling anxiety or stress and the reflexes in reflexology and also in uh, Chinese medicine, the uh, meridian points. And we talk about, and we talk about that a lot here too. So as far as doing things naturally, right? Um, mm -hmm. uh, the things that just kind of naturally come up uh, as part of our defense strategy. And that's what we focus on in the Enneagrams, the defense strategy. And so when these natural things come up, do you think it would probably be good for our listeners or our watchers or whoever's viewing this right now to kind of really be more mindful of what they're doing and see why they're doing what they're doing in the moment. Because we focus on mindfulness a lot here. Um, right. Because I believe that when you're mindful, especially with the Enneagram, you can be more in touch with your body, more in touch with your feelings, more in touch with the, what you're doing and your motivations and understand why you're reacting a certain way. Like I was telling a client, uh, we were talking on the on over over a session, and she was upset, and you could tell she was getting upset and more and more ramped up. And back here in the back of my jaw, like you could get that little tingling sensation. I'm like, hey, do you, you are you feeling that? She's like, yeah. I go, this is why we need to be mindful because now you're you this telling you you are stressed out. So now you know that you're triggered. Now you have to figure out why you're triggered. And so, I in my opinion, this is where we're going with this conversation is that big pharma for all its merits has a lot of uh, hold on our, our mental health right now, because the way we didn't understand the mind 20, 30, 40 years ago, and the more we learn about it, the more we do. And with that, then those medicines that are like Paxil and your anti-anxieties and your anti-psychotics are all really helpful for those short-term, like acute episodes, right? And that's really all they were ever intended for. But we've started using them more as the treatment, as the regular fix, more than just getting down into the root cause. And not to say that there aren't people who absolutely need those all the time, but your average person doesn't. I'm just going to address that and say, you know, there are people that absolutely need, you know, their anxiety meds, their, um, and, and stuff. And need them regularly and there's nothing wrong with that you know right. um everybody has their own path to mental wellness and none of them are wrong um they're just different she's kinder and, than i am i'm going to tell you that that taking uh for your average person taking anxiety meds like on for five years is, is just really numbing you out it's more of an addiction at that point than it is um helping you for your average person not the people that i'm not talking about the people that have like the the true chemical imbalances i'm talking about your average person that's having a lot go on they take these anxiety medicines right that the doctor prescribes to try and get them even they like the way they make them feel they even them out and then after a while they just 
get addicted to the way it makes them feel. And so that's more of what I'm targeting. So you're much nicer about that because I'm, 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 I know from personal experience that it's very easy to get addicted to these, um, these different anxiety meds. The, the, the opinions of the podcaster are not uh, necessarily the opinions of Champaign-Urbana Holistic Health Center or any <laughs> She will disclaim everything if you let her. She is all about, look, man, I don't, I don't know this dude. I don't, want, I don't want anything to do with him. Like, she tells that to our family. She's like, no, nope, I don't know him. Yeah, yeah, he's been around forever. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, no, but <laughs> I, I think that, uh, you know, everybody is on their own path and I can't say for the average person, uh, what's best for them. I do know that, um, things like changing your diet and eating more, uh, leaf pea greens and things like that can have an anti-anxiety effect on people. There's research to back this up, but not everybody is like, well, you know, I'm going to eat salads for the rest of my life. And I don't condone that either. Uh, <laughs> but you eat uh, salad. I do eat salad. Yeah. So and and, you eat and it, you're going to eat it the rest of your life. I listen so, to what my body tells me but i also eat a lot of chocolate because i like it um, <laughs> who doesn't like chocolate i love chocolate uh so i mean it's it's really about finding balance in your own life and living optimally for yourself oh amanda forever the diplomat i know <laughs> So um, going down this path, though, and talking more about the, the holistic kind of uh, care that you can do to kind of combat some of these mental wellness issues, um, we, you, you and I discuss um, things like cat's claw. Um, we've talked about, uh, I think that's what it's called, right? Cat's claw? Yes. I forget um, what that one does off the top um, of my head. It's an anti-anxiety. It's like, a, it's like a, some kind of bark. I have a bottle somewhere. I don't That's have it. Cat's claw, I think, is an anti-inflammatory. It's also anti-anxiety. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, it's an anti-inflammatory. And that's uh, the reason I got it was for the anti-anxiety because of the Lexapro that I had been taking and that, um, as I was telling you before, had numbed me out um, to the point where like, I wasn't experiencing any anxiety and that wasn't healthy. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh and that's and that's partly why i'm kind of on this crusade of my own of like the, all right i get that the short term these are good these are definitely necessary and definitely for there are some cases that they need them for the long term absolutely i'm not going to say that there aren't but i don't think that's right for the average person so um and in that light what are some other natural kind of replacements more holistic um treatments people can use um, including massage therapy, reflexology, um, uh, different plant medicine, like uh, like we were talking about cat's claw, dandelions, I think has some kind of effect. Dandelion is good for the liver. So the liver. Okay. if you have a healthy liver, um, you know, you're not as, uh, that the liver filters out all the toxins in our body. So 
dandelion um, is it's useful for that. Um, there are like some people take St. John's wort um, for anti-anxiety and stuff. Um, always consult, consult a physician when you are switching to a more natural product. Um, not every natural uh, product works for everybody. And they don't always work the same way because every body is different. Now that's interesting. And I wanna, I wanna touch on that a little bit here because um, in neuroscience, we understand that there are specific receptors in the brain for these specific um, the chemicals or um, attributes these, these different plants have. Like, um, so if we're having those receptors, it, what is it that makes it react to each body differently if they all have the same receptors? Boy, wouldn't, isn't that the million dollar question? <laughs> uh, you, you can take 10 people and they will have 10 different reactions to the same stimuli. I mean, that's pretty um, universal. I mean, with uh, mental, mentally, they'll filter the stimulus in differently emotionally they'll feel a different way about it and their body also um and i think that that's the thing about uh bodies is that they literally experience things differently i um in in my work my modality of massage that i've kind of come up with is very light it's not it, it would be considered deep work but not because i'm pushing in through people and grabbing their hearts um <laughs> it, it's because i'm working with the nervous system so with the nerves with the brain to tell the body hey you don't need to hold this here anymore Let's try and let it go, and um, it it just works, and and that's why I do the work that I do because so many people have been told it has to hurt to heal, and I'm like, does it? <laughs> um, and I think it would be better for us all if we got out of that mentality where things need to cause us pain in order to be effective. Now, sometimes that's the truth. However, it is not universally the case. Right. So like in the example of change, yeah, change is going to hurt you in the short term to get gains in the long term. But massage therapy, you shouldn't walk out there feeling like you need a cane and uh, an x-ray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, my dad went to a, uh, a massage therapist once and uh, my mom got it for him when he had the cancer because he had the migraines, right? And it was really it was supposed to be nice and relaxing, kind of help him out. And, mm -hmm. and he left the appointment, he got home and he just had this sour look on his face. And my mom goes, how was the massage? He goes, Donna, what are you trying to do? Kill me? Because <laughs> yeah. I guess she just took it so deep and so rough 
um, and that his body was already frail, right, from the cancer, and it couldn't handle that kind of deep tissue work. And I don't think that she was aware of what his body was doing. So when you and I talk, you're always aware of what the bodies are doing as yes. you're massaging someone, right? Yes. Uh, it, like I said, it's not my job to pay attention to everything the client tells me. It, it's good to keep it in the back of my mind and listen to that as like, okay, well, this area is hurting. Let's see what's going on there. But the body isn't going to lie to me about, am I using too much pressure? It's going to flinch. It's going to like be not real happy. And if that knot is getting worse as I'm working on it, that's not good. <laughs> and I'm not giving a good massage. Right. <laughs> and I think that's important for everyone to kind of take notice of too. Like the way you say you pay attention to your body, ignore the client, not ignore the client, but use basically use the client as like a, a lot a stepping off point rather than the actual roadmap. And so your notes, not the the details. Like, yeah, the liner notes, not the details. That's exactly yeah. right. And um and so I think and correct me if I'm wrong, I think we can expand that a little further to tell the people that are clients or your average person to do the exact same thing that you and I do, listen to the body, right? Like, yeah. it, because they can do this for themselves. Um, yeah. Am I right? Like, and, and they, their mind will tell them different things because they're conditioned you have to, to be understand. aware of it. And as we're stuck in our, our bodies, we're not always aware of what our bodies are doing. Nine times out of 10, we just do things and don't even pay attention. Like I know that I gesture a lot, uh, but I'm not consciously aware that I, I'm gesturing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Connor to the podcast. Connor, can you say hi to everyone? Hi. <laughs> All righty. Connor had to leave abruptly, so... <laughs> um anyway like yeah and exactly you're right like we're not always aware of what our bodies are doing like we, we just do these things we do things un unconsciously mm -hmm. that like um you and i were talking one day as a matter of fact about this um i noticed that my gut was clenched for months mm -hmm. didn't even know why i didn't even know it but i could always, i always felt uncomfortable my stomach hurt like i was had an appetite like not, and i didn't want to eat and it was like I couldn't figure out why. And then it, one night I'm, I just kind of relaxed and it changed. And, yeah. um, and I didn't even know something, like you said, I didn't even know something was wrong. So our minds will often lie to us um, to create, to, to create comfort, right? The, the mind wants to keep you safe. It's not maliciously yeah. saying, Hey, don't ignore this because I want you to die. It's saying, no, 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 ignore this. Cause it's not important pain. It's not pain. That's going to keep you from functioning or it's not yeah. It, it, you can function with this. And you so, don't know how many times I hear people say, oh, this, this I, I just noticed this pain recently, but <laughs> I think it's been hurting for a long time and I just never noticed it. <laughs> and, and that's mm -hmm. pretty common, honestly, because we hold stuff. We, we are on our phones, so we're looking down, so then we'll end up with neck pain because we're looking down all the time and our bodies weren't made for that. Right. Um, so I, I want to ask you this because uh, we do a lot of mindfulness work um, at Shadow Mind. 
And so uh -huh. I want to take that to the next level and do a little bit of body mindfulness um, and with, with like a walkthrough from you, like what can um, our listeners or viewers do kind of as a, a mental checklist on their bodies to make sure that they're functioning, um, you know, stress-free or relatively stress-free um, and what are some things that they can do? Like with, like obviously they can go get a massage from you or another massage therapist, but what are some things for the people that may not be able to afford to do that on a regular basis? What can they do at home? Uh, breathe. The most important thing is to be basically aware of your breath because our breath changes with our emotions. You know, when we are happy, we tend to have a really easy uh, breathing. When we are sad, we, we end up in, in the upper parts of our chest and kind of that hyperventilating, like, Oh, <laughs> um, breathing. When we're angry, we cut off our midsections and we don't breathe as deep, but it all seems to go to like the outer edges. Mm -hmm. uh, so be aware of how you're breathing. Number one thing, just be aware of, oh, hey, I must be feeling really angry or upset about something because I feel my chest is really constricted. Okay, I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to press on my hand, that diaphragm reflex, and I'm just going to listen to what my body's saying, you know, and drink water. <laughs> so breathing in water, that's uh, the two things you actually need to live, you're saying is actually going to improve your life. Yeah, shockingly, I know it's crazy. <laughs> and we say this mockingly, like it's it should be very simple, but it's easy to complicate things in our lives. So, oh, it's like, so easy. <laughs> so yeah, we say this jokingly, but that's because we do it ourselves. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome, Amanda. Um, so before we go, can you tell us a little bit more about your business and a little bit more about kind of I know the massage therapy piece, but you have more wellness and more, um, uh, not treatments, but um, uh, I forget the word, but I'm sure you're going to be better with this than I am, but you have more methods in your, more methods of wellness within your facility. So I just kind of want to hear a little bit about it. And I'm, I'm working on more. I'm always working on expanding my knowledge base. Um, so right now I do, Primarily massage. I do prenatal massage, geriatric massage. Um, I do reflexology. Uh, we also have a uh, a foot detox um, that we do. That's a machine that runs uh, negative or positive ions into a basin full of water and um, then after you get done, boy, does the water look gross. Um, <laughs> so uh, can you explain to us a little bit of how that one works? So I kind of just did. It's a, it's a machine that you put, uh, uh, oh, I forget what they're called. Oh, uh, you put a device in the water and then it uh, 
puts negative or positive ions into the water and uh, allegedly detoxes, helps detox through the feet. Um, and best case scenario, it works and you actually do get a detoxing. Worst case scenario, you've spent a half hour in a relaxing space, listening to some calming music in some with your feet in a warm tub. So it sounds like a like a, a float tank light. Uh, having done float tanks and having done the foot detoxes, I would say it, they're very different experiences. Okay. Um, the float tank. For me, is uh, oh maybe maybe uh, real quick. Our uh, <laughs> I, I, maybe our listeners don't know what a float tank is. Can you explain what a float tank is? A float tank, or um, they've also been called isolation tanks, is a large tub filled with about nine inches of water and a thousand pounds of Epsom salts. And you get in that. They have ones that are like uh, pods where you close the. Um, lid and there's different lights lights that you can have and but ideally you're it's completely dark and you can either listen to music or a meditation or nothing at all but it really puts you in touch with your body because you know once you're floating in that tank all the places where you are holding tension and you go oh I don't have to hold that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then you leave feeling really great because uh, you spent an hour in a tub of Epsom salts and Epsom salt is really good for you, full of magnesium. Um, so you floated and your body's relaxed and some people, have had um, sort of like hallucinogenic experiences or uh, sometimes people fall asleep and have very vivid dreams because there's no external um, stimuli to tell you where your body is or what separates you from the water. It's really cool. That sounds really interesting. Like I haven't gotten a chance to do it, but I really want to. Right. Now, um, when you're releasing, so uh, this is probably really important for people to know, especially you're a more emotionally adverse people. When you're in these float tanks, um, mm -hmm. I hear you say that the tension just kind of melts off. You're like, oh, I can't believe I'm holding this. And I have no reason to hold yeah. it in at this point. Does that elicit an emotional response in the body too? It can. It can. Um, and that's okay. Um, sometimes in massage, in uh, in low tanks, sometimes we have emotional responses to things because sometimes we've been holding things in our bodies for so long, we don't even know why it's there or what it's connected to, but there's uh, an emotional response that happens and that's okay. Um, it's, that it's just, mental, yeah. Yeah, it's just important to recognize that's what it is. It's okay. Um, and, you know, in a float tank, in a massage, whatever, um, 
you always have a if if you're with a massage therapist and you're like hey i'm having some real emotions you know massage therapist should be like well would you like me to stay with you would you like me to go because some people are very private with their their emotions and don't really want anybody around <laughs> um and that's okay uh in a float tank type of situation you're in the tank by yourself you can open up the the pod or the door and and take that time to gather yourself um so I never want to steer people away from having those emotional reactions sure. because they're they're okay. And that's why I really wanted to mention it to you because I people are emotionally diverse and in mental wellness yeah. we really try and push people and and it's not just like a gentle push like we we like try and kick them <laughs> to where they start feeling emotions and so that's why I asked because a lot of people are very adverse to it so um it, it, because they want to be very private right um and i get that so as for the more private people a float tank is probably a good way if you have a lot of emotional distress to go and kind of undo it absolutely um i would say for people who are a little bit claustrophobic to make sure that you know um your tank i recommend the dream pods over the samadhi tanks because the way to exit is much easier um and i like for people to be aware of this because there's something kind of terrifying to not being able to find the door in the complete pitch black <laughs> speaking of the door <laughs> oh I, I see a counter again. So we talked a little about float tanks. We've talked a little bit about um, the the ionization of the feet. And so you had some other goodies though that you were telling me that either you wanted or you are getting or you want to get. Can you can you go down a little bit more? What might I'm be there? Uh, working on trying to find a good place for me to uh, go. I would like to go into herbalism. Um, I kind of done things on my own and learned a lot, just spending a lot of time out in the woods and going, oh, what's this plant? And researching <laughs> the garbage out of it. Uh, and I've done that since I was little, used to drive my dad nuts. Um, <laughs> and uh, would like to, uh, make my way into becoming a clinical herbalist um, because I do think that there are plant medicines that are just as good as um, other things. Um, and I think that um, healthcare in general should be an integrative process and um, your massage therapist should be able to talk to your chiropractor or your doctor about things that they've noticed because um, massage therapists see your body. And, you know, if we notice a spot on your back that wasn't there two weeks ago, uh, it, it would be great to be able to talk to uh, your physician and be like, hey, I think this, this, 
that your patient needs to be seen for this. So we're looking for, and, and I like that view because here, what I talk about a lot and what I really am pushing here in Kansas City is a more community wellness view. And that's kind of what, it sounds to me, that's what you want to build as well. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So um, as far as it goes down there, when you guys are building this, have you guys taken any other steps towards working with different doctor's offices and sharing information and understanding like, cause I mean, there's obviously HIPAA laws and different things that you need to adhere to um, in right. order to share that kind of information. So it's not just willy nilly, obviously, but yeah. have you guys it's, taken the steps? There's, there's a lot of uh, loopholes to get around and red tape and, you know, we just want to work with our clients to the best of our ability. So a lot of times right now, it's just writing notes for my clients, chiropractors or physicians and, or um, sometimes, let's see, I've drawn in Sharpie on people. <laughs> um, in Sharpie? Yes. Why not, like, why not dry erase markers? I hear you can just spray that right off and wipe them yeah, down. Yeah, well, done. they weren't going to see their doctor for a couple of days. They had an appointment, but they saw me before they saw their doctor. And um, I found something on a client that needed to be looked at, and they had already had this appointment. And um, so you draw in Sharpie and circle the thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever gets the job done, right? Yeah. As long as the client was okay with it, I guess there's no yeah, harm, no foul. It, yeah. it, it was definitely kind of, we worked together on how do I communicate with and or, um, or, or the millennium buzzword, it was consensual. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I consent. would not, I would not write on somebody without their consent or acknowledge that this is what's <laughs> going to happen. Now, um, uh, do you guys take care of, the, you talk about geriatrics, you talk about prenatal, what about pediatric? Um, we, we talk a lot about kids here. And um, one of my biggest things right now, and anyone who's listening to the podcast will know, is Let Me Be Your Helper, my children's initiative that has the show and the subscription, the wellness packages and all of that. So as far as that goes, would it behoove parents to like, I know the the line of thinking used to be like like chiropractics, like they didn't want to take your kids to chiropractor because the bones are still forming and shaping, and so the muscles are still growing and forming, and so people were always shy to going to these more um, hands-on doctors. And so, is that is that thinking kind of changed, or are they still there? You know, um, with pediatrics. For infant massage, and I'm starting there for a specific reason. Uh, <laughs> we teach the parents how to give infant massage because you really want that bonding to happen with the babies. Okay. Um, for pediatric massage, um, parents generally are still in the room. Uh, sometimes there's, and, and normally I don't see a child unless there's a specific condition or problem. Uh, sometimes I'll see 
kids that are musicians or athletes that have to hold a certain position for a long time. Sure. Um, and mom and dad are just like, I don't know what to do. They're always complaining about this pain and, you know, um, overall, uh, I don't see a whole lot of pediatric clients, but I, I love it when I get to see kids because um, they're, they're just really fun. And it's really great to uh, be able to put kids to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, people might take that the wrong way. No. Um, <laughs> Miss Disclaimer is uh, talking about putting kids to sleep <laughs> on a podcast, and uh, I'm not I'm not so sure our listeners are going to like that. I really dislike you. <laughs> I'm just um, kidding. Um, so, but but in that light, um, so you said you only treat kids um, that come in for specific conditions. Now, why do yeah. you do that? Why do you do that versus like your general pediatric? What what most, what is most the caution? Parents are not going to bring in their their children for massage that's that's it um so no there's no reasoning as a there's professional no, there's no reasoning as a professional no um and the the kids that generally go to sleep on me are like toddlers i did this to your kid and you were like <laughs> what do you do i only rubbed his feet that's all i did I know, and he was laughing you. and giggling at the tickles, and all of a sudden he was gone. Like his cough was done, and he fell asleep. It was, it really was one of the most insane things I had witnessed. Like as far as massage and physical wellness, like it worked so well, and I was amazed at how well it worked. Like I knew you were good, but man, my kid is a bundle of energy, and all of a sudden he turned into a sloth, like just at your touch, and I'm like. Yeah. Can you, how do I hire you for staying here all the time? Just making sure the kid stays on the couch. Like, that's okay with me. Like, <laughs> you can't just make a kid stay on the couch, but at least he got a good night's rest. Which Gorilla is really glue important. begs to differ with that sentiment. I'm pretty sure if you're, if you can put kids to sleep, I think I can glue my kid to the couch. I think we've gone much darker in this podcast. What you than we can do should. and what you should do are two <laughs> totally different things. <laughs> uh, just it's the it's the old rule of science that um, that we like to live by is uh, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Exactly. That's actually just a lesson I talked to Connor the other day because we were talking about it because I'm like, I don't remember what we were talking. Oh, robotics. So. Um, did you see on the news that they're talking about making um, how they, you know, they made the self-driving cars and everything, but now they're taking it to airplanes, self-driving airplanes. And so I'm I'm explaining to my, I have to sit here as an engineer and explain to my son, this is why this is a bad idea. <laughs> like, because of all the things, you know how his, so his school just got hacked this week. And it's really the only reason why they hack schools is to just test to see if they can tack something, a bigger target. Then they pay, make the schools pay a ransom, right? To fix it. And I'm like, they're hacking. So buddy, they hacked your school just to break the security equipment and see if they could break the door locks and see if they could break the, the camera systems and that kind of stuff. So imagine if you're all the way up in the air in an airplane and someone decides they want to break that. 
do you think that's a good yeah. thing or a bad thing? He's like, oh, that'd be a bad thing. I'm like, exactly. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's a great idea in theory, and it would, like, take away a lot of the human error of piloting, but it leaves it to all sorts of more um, outside risks than internal dangers. Look, uh, I do not recommend putting Gorilla Glue on either your furniture or <laughs> any living being. We saw some articles in the news earlier this year that basically showed that that was probably not the best idea. Uh, and plastic surgeons got involved. Yeah, um, it's, it's not pretty. Like we joke about it. We're joking about it, people, but we, it's not actually something that we recommend doing. Yeah. Please don't curly glue any, anybody, anything, anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Amanda, thank you for being here with us today. I really appreciate it. Is there any kind of closing comments you want to share with people before we take off? Anything other than please do not <laughs> anybody <laughs> anything anything. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, just be kind to yourself. Breathe and drink water. <laughs> Show yourself grace is what I'm hearing, and and just kind of take yeah. take and. and not take it easy, but take it one step at a time. Yeah. You'll get there eventually. <laughs> the the journey's a marathon, not a sprint, right? That's correct. All right, Amanda. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Again, uh, everyone, thank you for listening to Shadow Self, the podcast, or viewing in on this YouTube interview. Um, for those of you who don't know, Let Me Be Your Helper has already started filming so we are very excited for the uh, the launch of that, hopefully by the end of the summer. So be tuned, stay tuned, be tuned, stay tuned um, for more updates of that on our Patreon site. Um, I have a few stills. I'm going to cut together a couple clips for people to kind of watch of what the first um, nutrition episode is going to look like. So um, be looking out for that. And with that, I just want to say, everyone, make sure you take care of your mental wellness and your physical wellness. We'll be here for you next week, everyone, and shine on. Awesome. Oop, there we go. How do I stop the recording?